No. This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gudikin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Nick's up 28-24 on the Cavs after one four-and-a-half-point favorites now on the road. Live total, 210-and-a-half there. And then uh, we got a 10-3 lead for Central Michigan over NIU in a snowy field out there. First snow game of the year. It looks great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not a whole lot of scoring going on in this one. Nope. Buffalo, Toledo, uh, the complete opposite. Buffalo down fourteen to seven, and there's uh, still ten minutes to go in the first quarter. So a lot of scoring <laughs> in that one. I bet the under. Not a great move. Well, you know, there's still time. Even in the snow. It's very, very early. A World You're Series right. first pitch in a couple of minutes here too. So we'll have a uh, keep an eye on that as things go on. We bring on Dan Favali and covers the NBA for a uh, Bleacher Report, Hardwood Knox as well. Uh, you know, it's. I feel like we've sat here, Dan, and we've waited and we've waited and we've waited, and finally we get this almost like anticlimactic overnight trade and announcement from you know Woj and everything, and we're finally James Harden goes off to the Clippers, and let's just look big picture right now at where both of the teams are and the Sixers and the Clippers. This, to me, in my mind, and I want to see what you feel about this. I feel like the Clippers, it's based more on, or the Sixers, it's based more on the off season with the cap space and the draft picks and moving forward, and then for the Clippers, this is like we're all in for this season and if not everybody's kind of a free agent and we got to start this thing over from scratch yeah I think I think you're spot on with that um with the Clippers specifically um there's a chance maybe now they could extend PG or Kawhi and if you give up this much draft equity when you have the little to begin with I think that you can kind of bet that a majority of these three guys will be back next year but just depending on how the rest of the season goes how the playoff shake out they're heading for an incredibly interesting offseason, even if you think that they, they have to keep these guys with the, the new arena opening. And um, just with the Sixers, I would agree with you. I think a lot of people assume they're just going to turn around, try and move those assets immediately. Um, if another star becomes available, that, that makes sense as a fit. I know Zach Levine, Pascal Siakam get thrown around out there, but I think they could try to be wait for you know someone bigger, maybe a more marquee name, and they'll have a little bit more assets available to them this summer, as you mentioned, with their cap space and also their, their own 2024 draft pick. And so this feels very much like not a gap year for them, but it does feel like they have both eyes directed towards this offseason. How should we view Russell Westbrook's role now? Because he was starting, had 19 points actually against the Spurs. He's one of the most efficient players in the league so far this year. Kind of a great start for him, but we know he and Harden don't play well in the sandbox together when one has the ball the other one's just kind of floating around doing nothing yeah look it's a huge question I think Russ has done a really good job this year of trying to fit into the larger context um, about half his shots have come off assist this year which is just something we've we've never seen he's slashing a little bit more and so there is that aspect of his role that can remain at the same time now you're eating into his touches even more with the addition of James Harden who despite kind of adjusting a little bit off of Joel Embiid last year as as more of a spot-up shooter at times this is one of the most ball-dominant players in in NBA history and so I think the Clippers honestly make this move without regard for Russ He's, he's just making so little and he's not on Harden's level at the moment that if things don't work out you move Russell Westbrook to the bench you take him out of perspective 
closing units. Maybe even look at moving on from him entirely. But it's something that, at least in the first initial few weeks when they're trying to figure out what they have in everybody, that's something you have to look at incredibly closely because it's arguably a harder fit than putting Harden next to PG and or Kawhi. How do you think the Clippers match up with some of these younger teams? You know, because obviously, like, you look at the contending teams and the Lakers made some big moves and they're going to be contenders. They made it to the Western Conference Finals last year and then the Suns made a bunch of moves. We haven't seen them fully healthy yet this year, but how do they match up against teams like OKC and, uh, you know, some of the younger teams like the Pelicans if they're fully healthy? I would honestly say not well. This is a team that we've seen them play a little bit more pace on offense at times this year, but they weren't very athletic uh, or young or fast to begin with. And with this trade... Um, just by virtue of losing K.J. Martin, and then you're bringing in Harden, who's never, ever played that fast. You get less athletic, um, You're and, and you're not going to be able to necessarily play as fast. And so this does honestly feel like a team where, yeah, if everything goes right, could they win the title? For sure. But it also feels like a team that has to have another trade or something in its books. And they do have a first-round pick they can still move. But when you look at the roster, it really feels like they could use a different type of five or maybe another wing or maybe even a different type of – um, smaller guard to defend at the point of attack. When we look at Joel Embiid specifically now, I mean, there, there's certainly other guys like Tyrese Maxey's the first guy that I think of that can certainly get you know, even more opportunities, more shots, higher usage rate, you know, all those things. But, you know, it's still Joel Embiid as the star. You don't have that second kind of star star, depending on what you consider James Harden in Philadelphia at that point. Not even from like a, a how he's feeling perspective, because you can't read his mind. I, I, I get that. But just on the court, does this kind of feel like there's going to be maybe more minutes for him? It's going to be even more shots. It's going to be maybe just kind of one of those things where they're going heavy in an Embiid offensively night in and night out. And could there be some a little bit of a wear down factor for him? He does have certainly an injury history. Yeah, look, I think this trade, the timing behind it, it felt like a vote of confidence in Tyrese Maxey more than anything else. But at the same time, to your point about Embiid's injury history, He's coming off consecutive seasons in which, in which he logged more than 2,200 minutes. That's never happened before for him. He's gonna. He's just more important because you don't have James Harden coming back at any point this year. And so I do think that's a real concern. It also wouldn't surprise me, though, knowing that the Sixers are probably playing a little bit longer game here unless a surprise name becomes available between now and February. If you see them, maybe not monitor his minutes too closely, but is this something where he's going to miss some time throughout the year because they know that they're trying to cater to next season and, and the season after that rather than this year where their championship odds right now are pretty infinitesimal when you look at how they stack up with, with the top of the East when you don't have that James Harden element. What are you seeing from the Sixers? Because I wasn't exactly high on their offseason moves, but, man, Nick Nurse has Tobias Harris playing really well. Kelly Oubre, even though he averaged 20 points a game for Charlotte, it feels like he's playing in a lot more control, very consistent. I actually really like the Sixers team. Yeah, they've been um, they've been surprising. And I think the biggest thing that I've been noticing, yeah, some of the supporting cast has been a lot better than I expected. The defense they've gotten from Jaden Springer during his minutes. Um, DeAnthe Melton is just defending like gangbusters once again. Uh, the biggest thing, as I mentioned before, is just Tyrese Maxey, where it's, you know, his shooting splits are clearly unsustainable, but the types of shots he's taking, it's just someone who has more directionality now with the ball in his hands, and it looks like he's really made the stride as a passer. And so when you look at what him and Joel Embiid can do together, and then what he's able to do independent of Joel Embiid, lead some of these faster units where you see him with Kelly Oubre and De'Anthony Melton and Paul Reed, and now you might get to add K.J. Martin into some of that fold. 
Um, I think it's given their offense some variance that it has not had in quite some time. And if, if this is a leap that Tyrese Maxey is making, you know, I still wouldn't claim the Sixers are, you know, likely um, championship contenders, but they certainly would be capable of nabbing a top four, maybe even top three seed in the East. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you because, I mean, it's obviously early. We're three games in, but Boston and Milwaukee, and then you got, you know, younger teams, Indianapolis, maybe Orlando. Who else can compete in the East other than Boston and Milwaukee, or is it just those two teams? Uh, you know, the third team I'm looking at, it's just so early, so maybe another team comes out of the woodwork, um, but this team is not even at full strength just yet. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, I really think that when they have everybody available and just based off some of the, the flickers and flashes we've seen offensively from Evan Mobley to start, and even that, you know, most of that game, I think it was against the Pacers where he had 30-plus points, um, the offensive armory is really coming together. And so if you're able to kind of run him in different lines where he is the primary big without Jared Allen and it doesn't kill your rebounding and you can stagger him from some of the, the other guards to help um, sort of juice up your offense. And the other thing that team is doing is they're playing a lot faster. They're getting out in transition more this year. And so that was some of their biggest issues is what could they get from Evan Mobley on offense? Could they play with a different type of pace? And then Max Struess comes in and really helps improve their their spacing and shooting. And so when all said and done, it would not shock me if we're kind of looking back and the Cavs have the second or even the best regular season record in the East and maybe even emerge mm. as a more complete contender than a team like Milwaukee where they have their big defensive questions right now. Talking to Dan Favali, BetMGM tonight. What about a team in the East that you see having a serious step back this year? Any regression? Um. I don't know if it'll count as serious regression, but uh, Toronto, I have really no idea what's going on right there. The offense looks looks awful, um, especially in the half court. They lost shooting, didn't really replace it. Um, and I think we've seen big struggles there, especially with the pecking order. They really want to feature Scotty Barnes. It's come at the expense of Pascal Siakam. We mentioned all the Clippers free agents. The Raptors have a ton of guys entering free agency with OG Ananobi, GTJ, and Siakam himself. That feels like a team along with the Bulls that can maybe blow it up mid-year. And then there's just, in terms of regression, what does the Heat look like after the offseason they have? They have not had a great start. And so as, as they get healthier, as we get into the middle of the year, is this a team that really can flip a switch um, and be the team that, you know, has made these um, conference finals and, and finals runs? Or, or are they a team that really needs to seek out a bigger type trade? One of the teams that's been absolutely awful, Dan, has been the Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with injuries. How do they get better? Because this roster might be one of the worst in the NBA. I think at this point, without having Steven Adams, who was such a good screener for them and someone who could crash the offensive glass, you're just really trying to bide your time until John Morant gets back because you put so much offensively now on the shoulders of Desmond Bain and Jared Jackson Jr. You find yourself more reliant on Marcus Smart as a shot maker, who's actually shot the ball pretty well to start the year and you're trying to find just contributions from guys like oh can we get this from Xavier Tillman can Zaire Williams kind of make a turn this year BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski Lion stuff is just oh my god I just want to vomit Aaron Hawksworth that's all I have to say to that and Ed Egros we will do the work for you on the BetQL Network.
baseball is winning on the BetQL Network with Bet for the Cycle featuring Cody Decker. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio, and handicapper Rob Brown. Couldn't hit a baseball off a high school pitcher. That's why I played soccer. Double plays, props, and parlays. Not only Blue Jays' run line here, Cody, I might tease it up to an alternate run line of minus two and a half. Join. They're going to be worse than that. I want to make that clear. But they will maybe be able to play Davey and Mitchell a little bit more. And so could they be a little bit more aggressive on defense than they normally are? with the Aaron Fox. And so this is a team where their half-court off- offense maybe suffers a little bit because of the Aaron Fox's from scratch shot making and, and his passing. But as long as the bonus is going to stay healthy, they have enough shooting around him that they can really still just run out even off misses or makes and, and they can catch defenses off guard. Dan, we've had a lot of stars already sitting out of games, uh, especially with the Suns. We haven't even seen Bradley Beal in a regular season in a Suns uniform yet. Think those rules have changed anything in terms of the approach by teams? I think it's changed the fact that they're probably just going to be more open to the league about what they're planning to do. And that's kind of what my interpretation was of um, that, that resting policy is that the league wants to know what's going on before it happens. We've already seen that the Sixers aren't going to be penalized for how they handled the James Harden situation mm-hmm. before he was dealt. And so I am very much pro players playing. I don't think that this policy is going to do anything to meaningfully move that needle this year but I guess we'll see I think what will be even more telltale is if things like this start to happen when we're talking about those in-season tournament games that are scheduled. I'm curious uh, your thoughts on the Orlando Magic we all love them. Uh, Jamal Mosley feels like he's a dark horse for coach of the year uh, they've been awesome uh, what are you seeing from them? I I think that they've gotten a lot of um, good strides from some of their younger guys. Franz Wagner looks great once again. I think Cole Anthony's been really good for them as well. Um, the way that they're able to defend, and I think this flew under the radar last year, is that they had like a top six defense for most of the season when you broke down their record, and someone like Jalen Suggs made a massive stride, and it was kind of lost in some of his offensive splits. He's just utter anarchy on the court. Sometimes it can be bad. We saw the good and the bad against the Lakers uh, the other night, but they're a team that I think is starting to figure out their identity to be this consistent defensive force, and uh, I think the bigger question here moving forward is going to be what does the half-court offense look like um, long-term? And Paolo Bintero has not even gotten going yet, um, and this is still a team that looks like it could contend for a playoff spot in the East, and so if he's going to, as we all assume, just kind of settle into maybe where he was last year, perhaps a little bit better on the offensive end to make more of his shots, that just becomes a team where I thought they would be in playing territory, but they would be them and the Pacers. You kind of look at what they've done early, and it's like, oof, wouldn't be too surprising if they were able to steal a top-six spot. All right, Dan, got about 45 seconds or so here. What are your thoughts on uh, what we've seen from Wemby so far? I Every time I watch him, I just come away absolutely floored. There's just mm-hmm. nothing it feels like he literally – can't do and he just isn't even polished on the offensive end yet so once he has sort of his self-creation down um it just might be be curtains this is a generational type talent in so many different ways it it really is incredible just watching somebody that's built the way that he is move the way that he is he really does look like well an alien the extraterrestrial he's just like slender man right now Uh, he's walked into the arena (laughs) oh that was yeah if you haven't seen the video yet dan yeah he's walking into the arena dressed like slender man he he fits it and it's it's actually kind of creepy looking i'm not gonna (laughs) lie dan favali bleacher report Great to talk to you again, man. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Take care. Yeah, Ooh. that that video of Wemby is uh, that's scary. Yeah, it's 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 kind of alarming. See? I just found his oh, blocks. Sorry. Remember when they were priced two and a half juice? Now yeah. two and a half plus two hundred. This might be the night. Oh, it's been one every night. Maybe yeah. just maybe. Halloween. You gonna dabble in it? No, no, no. Maybe, maybe. 
Right now, the Knicks looking good. That's a good thing. Younger. We got about one point of value. Robinson needs more we start week nine of the NFL power rankings next. Bet MGM tonight.